This is the Macmillan Library Podcast, a community conversation maker, bringing you curated conversations with Macmillan librarians, community members, authors, musicians, artists, and more. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today we have some more readings from Thoreau and his journals. Don't forget that our summer reading program is going on right now. You can still sign up at macmillanlibrary.org for chances to win amazing prizes just by reading books. If you like hot sauce, make sure to check out the registration for Hot Trivia Night coming up July 29th, Thursday. And now, Thoreau. March 5th, 1841, Friday. How can love increase unless our loveliness increase also? March 6th, an honest misunderstanding is often the ground of future intercourse. March 19th, Friday. No true and brave person will be content to live on such a footing with his fellow and himself as the laws of every household now require. The house is the very haunt and lair of our vice. I am impatient to withdraw myself from under its roof as an unclean spot. There is no circulation there. It is full of stagnant and mephitic vapors. March 20th. Even the wisest and best are apt to use their lives as the occasion to do something else in than to live greatly. But we should hang as fondly over this work as the finishing and embellishment of a poem. It is a great relief when for a few moments in the day we can retire to our chamber and be completely true to ourselves. It leavens the rest of our hours. In that moment, I will be nakedly as vicious as I am. This false life of mine shall have a being at length. March 21. To be associated with others by my friend's generosity when he bestows a gift is an additional favor to be grateful for. March 27, Saturday. Magnanimity, though it look expensive for a short course, is always economy in the long run. Be generous in your poverty if you would be rich. To make up a great action, there are no subordinate mean ones. We can never afford to postpone a true life today to any future and anticipated nobleness. We think if by tight economy we can manage to arrive at independence, then indeed we will begin to be generous without stay. We sacrifice all nobleness to a little present meanness. If a man charges you 800, pay him 850 and it will leave a clean edge to the sum. It will be like nature, overflowing and rounded like the bank of a river, not close and precise like a drain or a ditch. It is always a short step to peace of mind. Under this line, there is or has been life, as when I see the mole's raised gallery in the meadow, I know that he has passed underneath. April 8th, friends are the ancient and honorable of the earth. The oldest men did not begin friendship, 
It is older than Hindostan and the Chinese Empire. How long has it been cultivated and it is still the staple article? It is a divine league struck forever. Warm, serene days only bring it out to the surface. There is a friendliness between the sun and the earth in pleasant weather. The gray content of the land is its color. You can tell what another's suspicions are by what you feel forced to become. You will wear a new character, like a strange habit, in their presence. April 24. Music is the sound of the circulation in nature's veins. It is the flux which melts nature. Men dance to it. Glasses ring and vibrate, and the fields seem to undulate. The healthy ear always hears it, nearer or more remote. It has been a cloudy, drizzling day, with occasional brightenings in the mist, when the trill of the tree sparrow seemed to be ushering in sunny hours. April 25th. A momentous silence reigns always in the woods, and their meaning seems just ripening into expression. But alas, they make no haste. The rush sparrow, nature's minstrel of serene hours, sings of an immense leisure and duration. When I hear a robin sing at sunset, I cannot help contrasting the equanimity of nature with the bustle and impatience of man. We return from the Lyceum and Caucasus with such stir and excitement, as if a crisis were at hand. But no natural scene or sound sympathizes with us, for nature is always silent and unpretending as at the break of day. She but rubs her eyelids. I am struck with the pleasing friendships and unanimities of nature in the woods, as when the moss on the trees takes the form of their leaves. There is all of civilized life in the woods. Their wildest scenes have an air of domesticity and homeliness. May 27th, Thursday. I sit in my boat on Walden, playing the flute this evening, and see the perch, which I seem to have charmed, hovering around me and the moon traveling over the bottom, which is strewn with the wrecks of the forest, and feel that nothing but the wildest imagination can conceive of the manner of life we are living. Nature is a wizard. The Concord Nights are stranger than the Arabian Nights. We not only want elbow room, but eye room in this gray air which shrouds all the fields. Sometimes my eyes see over the county road by daylight to the tops of yonder birches on the hill, as at others by moonlight. Heaven lies above, because the air is deep. In all my life, thereto, I have left nothing behind. August 12th. We take pleasure in beholding the form of a mountain in the horizon, as if by retiring to this distance, we have then first conquered it by our vision and were made privy to the design of the architect. So when we behold the shadow of our earth on the moon's disk, when we climb a mountain and observe the lesser irregularities, we do not give credit to the comprehensive and general intelligence which shaped them. But when we see the outline in the horizon, we confess that the hand which molded those opposite slopes 
making one balance the other, worked round a deep center, and was privy to the plan of the universe. The smallest of nature's works fits the furthest and widest view, as if it had been referred in its bearings to every point in space. It harmonizes with the horizon line and the orbits of the planets. December 15th, Wednesday. A mild summer sun shines over forest and lake. The earth looks as fair this morning as the Valhalla of the gods. Indeed, our spirits never go beyond nature. In the woods there is an inexpressible happiness. Their mirth is but just repressed. In winter, when there is but one green leaf for many rods, what warm content is in them? They are not rude, but tender, even the severest cold. Their nakedness is their defense. All their sounds and sights are elixir to my spirit. They possess a divine health. God is not more well. Every sound is inspiriting and fraught with the same mysterious assurance. From the creaking of the boughs in January to the soft suff of the wind in July. How much of my well-being, think you, depends on the condition of my lungs and stomach? Such cheap pieces of nature as they, which indeed she is every day reproducing with prodigality. Is the arrow indeed fatal, which rankles in the breast of the bird on the bough, in whose eye all this fair landscape is reflected, and whose voice still echoes through the wood? The trees have come down to the bank to see the river go by. This old, familiar river is renewed each instant. Only the channel is the same. The water which so calmly reflects the fleeting clouds in the primeval trees I have never seen before. It may have washed some distant shore or framed a glacier or iceberg at the north when I last stood here. Seen through a mild atmosphere, the works of the husbandman is plowing and reaping of a beauty to the beholder which the laborer never sees. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. We hope you use this information to strike up a local conversation. Check us out at macmillanlibrary.org to see upcoming events, including concerts, speakers, movies, and more. We also have free online classes through Gale Courses, as well as a host of databases for your research needs. If you can't find what you're looking for, stop in at the information desk. The Macmillan Conversation Maker podcast can be found at macmillanlibrary.org backslash podcast.